Welcome to Brightly Radiant Being, the show that wildly recognizes, encourages, and invests in the radiance we all carry so you can shine your brightest. Each episode, we share soul-driven advice and topics to help you live more brightly in mind, body, and spirit. Through sharing our experiences, friendship, and passions, we hope to impact you to step more brightly into yourself, inch by inch. Hi, Amy. Hey, Tracy. (laughs) What is going on? Uh, Can you believe there are four months left of the year? No! (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I'm in panic mode the past few shows, but it's just Lamas is almost over. The fall equinox is approaching. Yeah. Like it's autumn almost. I love it. I love that time. But I just, can you believe it? Right? Like, I know because it felt like there's, you know, there's a great Disney cartoon. It's the Incredibles and the dad from the Incredibles actually before he's the dad, he's on his way to his wedding. He's like, I got time. I got time. There's like a cat stuck up in a tree. I got time. He goes, saves the cat. Then somebody's robbing a bank. It's like, I got time. And all of a sudden he doesn't have any time. Like here we are. All of a sudden it's like, it is Thursday. And what (laughs) have we done with our life? Right. I don't know. So, I mean, I just, like, I just wanted, I'm, I just want everybody else to feel what I'm feeling. Sorry, guys. Hope you, hope you stay tuned. It's a much better cut talk. <laughs> well, and I think even though it's like, oh my gosh, four months left, you and I love, like, like you said, we love this time of year, right? Yeah. Okay. There's four months left of this year. It's not like. I got time. We do. Yeah, it's, and it's not like you're just. You have time. <laughs> you do have time. And also you're not going to fall off the edge of the world yeah, after four that- months. let's be going back to last week. Let's be intentional with that time. Right. So instead of panicking, it's about planning. Right. Right. And so last time when we were talking about routine and structure, it kind of got me thinking, you know, how many of us lost so much of our routine and our structure of our day because of the last year. Right. So because of the pandemic, Now, granted, many people are working back where they started to work, but many people are still working from home. And when you do have a big sort of break go on for your routine and structure, sometimes it's hard to get those that wheel turning again and get back into that structure. And so it made me think about after this, you know, year of loss, like, are we grieving at all? our routines, our structure, Mm -hmm. and also that grief can come in so many different forms, right? It can, it can come in so many different forms and we can grieve the death. That seems very dramatic, but there can be deaths of things, the loss of something. So are you grieving anything, Tracy? Are you, or are you feeling a loss of anything right now? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the loss of the structure in 2020, like, like a lot of people, I'll be working from home indefinitely moving forward, mm-hmm. or as long as I stay with this current employer, the, this is my new normal, which there's a lot of aspects of that I celebrate, right. but the loss of that structure in the environment, um, it was a loss of people time 
people friends, right? And then that just kind of changed the energy in which I feel my day and how I experience things and what's in front of me. So then now in this, you know, this year is things start to reopen and we're establishing what normal looks like and finding a new routine. I'm, I'm grieving the fact that this year is actually worse for me than last year. That okay. I feel like I've lost more time and more structure because I have some new physical limitations. I, at some point in the spring, I hurt my back and I didn't realize I hurt my back <laughs> and everything I did to try and correct the pain I was feeling made it worse. And now we're at a point where it's, mm -hmm. you know, August, uh, when we're recording this and I'm looking at surgery. And then even if I get the surgery, it's six weeks until I'm even allowed to act a percentage of normal, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm looking at nine months loss of this, where I didn't figure out for at least six of them, how to have a new normal, how to capitalize and yeah. do what I can. Right. Like I got, really so you're, it sounds like you're grieving, like the loss of some of this year already. Like you said, it wasn't as bad, but it's like, you're yeah. also grieving the future loss. Uh, well, just like the opportunities potentially lost or the things that were just postponed, right? Like as right. far as I know, I have more time in front of me. So I, you know, trying to look forward and plan and be mindful of that, but also just being like, well, gosh, where did this year go? Right. Like after yeah. a year, like last year, I'd really hoped to hit this year hard. Yeah. And so just the loss of opportunity and feeling kind of stuck in where I was in 2019 still. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about it like that, but it does feel, it feels like we all got stuck there. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think to a certain extent and not to be like, oh yeah, I understand totally Tracy. I'm right there with, cause I, cause I don't. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to, um, take anything away from what you're feeling. And but. so for me all throughout 2020, I would preface everything I would say about my losses and my experience with, but I don't have it that bad. Right. Like I have a job, I have my health, I have family, you know, like mm -hmm. there's a, a aside from what was happening globally to people and the losses they were experiencing, my life was okay, right? Like it was lonely and it was isolating, but it was okay. And then this year I'm recognizing like, no, you did have some losses too, right? Yeah. And it's not fair to compare your losses to others right? Um, or the impact that it has on you or your long-term goals or where and how you see yourself, right? Yeah. So for me, I guess I'm grieving delays right now and just trying to see because everything's still up in the air. I don't know what the future me can do. Or right. That's a really good way to put it though, that you're grieving delays. Yeah. It's and hard. good is be more ambitious than that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. or at least make a plan that I pretend I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Are you, do you have any, well, you know, I, I think that right now I'm, I'm grieving some of the things you are. I'm grieving while I too celebrate many things about working from home. Um, I'm grieving the loss of the people who I are not on my team and who I would run into and have wonderful conversations with, you know? Um, and so I am grieving that as well. And so now there has been, there's one person in particular who I would always run into and we would have, you know, conversations. Um, and so now what we've done is we've scheduled, um, every other week, uh, you know, a, an intentional time 
where it's like, this is our networking time and, and that's what we do. So, so that's, that's, that was good for me. Anytime grief comes up, of course, I think about, um, I mean, I lost, I, I lost my dad, gosh, 25 years ago, 25 years ago, but lost my mom in almost while we're recording this, it's almost two years to the day. Um, and it was a long, no, it's not. No, it's not. It was in July. It's her birthday's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a loss you were anticipating for almost the entire first half of the time I knew you, right. Of of our relationship. Right. So what, I mean, granted everyone, she was, she was nearly 97 when she died, but this is like, the woman was not normal. So, you know, she was still like wowing people at in her nineties, she, she, she actually modeled, I think she was 92 at the time. Uh, she was, she did a runway modeling gig at 92 and stole the show, I might add, but, but the interesting thing and, and what I wanted to talk about is that I, while she was still alive, I actually, and I journaled it. So I know it to be true is that I was grieving incrementally while she was still alive. And it wasn't that I was grieving the future loss. I was grieving little losses at the time. So I grieved the loss of her energy. And then I grieved the loss of our talks. We used to have all these plans. We would just like plan things. And then I grieved the loss of talking about um, all kinds of different things when she, it was almost like she just got laser focused on one thing. Um, and then I grieved needing to just tell her, like, I can't talk about this anymore. Can we talk about something else? And then I felt so bad about doing that. And so it was these little incremental losses of who she was over a six month period. Um, The act of journaling helped, but also I feel like because I was grieving these intermittent losses, when she did die, I felt like it was like, yes, I'm ready for this. Now, granted, I got to spend a lot of time with her, but so I just, I feel like that was so weird to me and eye opening to me. The fact that it wasn't like, like, Oh, she died. I'm grieving. It was right. I'm sad. It was like, Oh, we're no longer doing this thing. That is very, so like I said, it was just this loss upon loss upon loss, but with the active act of grieving those losses, um, so, and it's not that I don't want to talk the, the whole episode about death, because like I said before, honestly, this has been a year of grieving, right? But also we all have many losses and sometimes it's not the death of someone. We've talked about this in a different episode. It can be losing a friendship. Mm-hmm. And And so I'm wondering, like, how are you feeling? Have you come to terms with any friendship lost 
since we last talked about that? Um, you know, it's not something I ruminate on, right? Like I, I entered acceptance pretty quickly for how it happened. Cause it just okay. kind of seemed, you know, in terms of a friendship, you know, the old saying reason season or a lifetime. And it was like, oh, we talked about this friendship, like it was a lifetime, but this was clearly a reason or a season, right? Like it felt complete. Um, but I do think about it from time to time because there is that element that, that comes with loss of, um, lack of closure, right? Like, even though, you know, we've since have met up and attempted to reconnect once, like there was still all those things not said or, you know, all those different, like why, like, even if we did talk and agree with what happened and where we are now and things like that. Um, there's still that, you know, the je ne sais quoi part of loss, right? Where there's just like that piece of that, like, well, why is it different? Why is it gone? Why isn't it the same? Right. Why did what it do you, so I have to ask this, um, and I can't believe I didn't put this in any like outline or anything. The, the fact that we do need closure as human beings. What is that? Is it because we need a reason? Is it because... What, why do we need the closure? Is that rhetorical? Is that, I don't know. (laughs) I'm trying to, because I'm thinking about myself and there are certain things that I like never got closure on. And it's sort of like you, where it's like, I don't ruminate on them, but every once in a while, it'll just like, oh, hey, 2 a.m. pop up. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, no, there, I mean, there'll be times, especially now when I'm trying to make new friends and like gearing myself up to introduce myself to people or reach out online or do other things where I'm like, well, that friendship ended because you're a terrible person, right? Like you're a crap friend. And And then I have to remind myself, like, no, you have lots of great friends right now. You are not a crap person, right? Like it just, it ended, it didn't work out. It's okay. And so I think, especially when it comes to other people, right? Because we, we have an idea of ourself, but then we also have other people's perceptions of ourselves in different ways that we weight, you know, both of those. And sometimes it's really incongruent, right? Or our experiences or whether we're being gaslit. So like a lot of times in romantic relationships, someone will be like, I know you cheated on me. Just tell me I need that closure. And another person will be like, no, I never did. And you both know you're lying, right? Like it's just, but you just need them to say, and they'll never say. And so it's one of those things where it just still kind of, I don't know, like there is that, that reason, or we think maybe it'll bring comfort or it'll just make it all make sense. Right. And here's the thing, because I feel like I'm just going to hit on that one thing you just said, we think it'll bring comfort and actually in my history, I would feel like when I get the closure that I thought I needed or the reason, it did, it wasn't comforting. It was not comforting. And I should have just kept telling myself my own story about it. In fact, I think we all should just make up our own lovely story. Not I was a crap friend, but like, well, you know, the typhoon came and um our worlds were split into and now they're on the other side of the world and there's no way to communicate. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if closure is a way of assigning accountability to whether it's a death or a loss or a missed opportunity or you weren't picked for something. A lot of times closure is a way to be like, that wasn't my fault, right? Like this is the reason why it happened. It's not on me. 
Mm-hmm. Look at it externally now and mm-hmm. be okay with it being gone or like that it wasn't my bash fault. it with my friends or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yet, yeah, I feel like if we could simply just look at something and instead of saying, instead of assigning blame or accountability, to be able to say it wasn't the right time for that or it's it just wasn't you know I know that we say well it wasn't meant to be yeah I mean when when the dissolution of my friendship occurred um it it, I didn't feel a loss after it was gone and so that helped me with through that acceptance stage of grief if we look at that standard model where I definitely have now holes in my time and I still think of the person and think of of them fondly, Mm -hmm. but it just felt like a natural ending as abrupt and sudden and questionable as it was. Mm -hmm. It was also like, well, this is done. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, you know, like, let's say something would happen to her, right. Or positive or negative. I'm not a part of that. Right. Or like, I'm still, there's going to be future losses, right. Or you hear them or you see them or, you know, things like that. So there's still like all these little tiny losses because when it's not a death there, you continue to miss out on things. So. Right. Right. And people don't always get closure at with a death either. And so I will say in my circumstance, um, with both of my parents, I knew it was going to happen. It was not something sudden or unexpected. And so there is something to be said for that because you get to say things to the other person that maybe you wouldn't have said to them. Um, Well, and I feel like the grief that comes with the loss of a relationship, whether through death or a breakup, mm-hmm. moving apart or something like that. Um, it's the, it's the relationship that's lost. It's the individual person that's lost. And then there's also who you were as a part of that, that's lost. That I think is something that we rarely look at or want to look at because you're right because I wonder if that's actually what we're grieving I you know when when you talked about what you went through with your mom and thank you for sharing that um it reminded me of what I've been going through as an adult with um parents and grandparents whose faculties and health are changing Mm -hmm. and how that has pushed me into different areas of my lifespan a little bit earlier than I thought I'd be, right? Right. It it moves you from daughter who can depend on dad, right? Daughter who has a mom that she goes to to advice to more of a peer. And then at some point, a caretaker. Yes. And so you have this loss of roles and, and, and more so that not only do you take on greater burdens and so you have a loss of freedom or time or money or things like that, or there's just stuff you have to deal with that you didn't have to before and just grieving missing how it was but like you're also losing that freedom to be a child that freedom to not be the accountable party to not be responsible right that that sucks that's a loss for me right like and it it never happens when you want it to happen right um and then you also have to watch that person and grieve for them and the loss of who they were in the relationship you had together but then also Mm -hmm. what they lose outside of you so it's just there's so many layers to, to the grief. There right? are. You know it's and, or not. 
Yeah. Oh, honestly, it it's it's true. And I didn't even write anything about, you know, the the um the oh, what is it called? The different stages, of, stages grief, of grief, right? Which actually were written about dying and not grieving, apparently, to begin with. Apparently the the five stages of grieving, grieving was the own loss of your own life. Yeah. Of your own life, right? For cancer um, patients and things like that. Yes. Like the end is, is coming. Yes. And so the thing that, and I think you and I have talked about this before on the show, is that it is not a linear line. It is not this stage and then this stage and then this stage. It you is could this have three stage. At once. <laughs> you could have three at once. You could move, you could hop. You could just like hop right over this one. Then you're going to go back. It is talk about a scribble, right? Or or a loop de loop. And, and sometimes there's even times when you think you've gone, like, you're like, I'm good. I'm golden. Like I have closure. I've accepted it, everything. And then all of a sudden I, uh, this was just for an example, we were, um, all the kids and I were going through something and we found this card still in the envelope, right? The envelope was still sealed and it was to Joey, my middle child. And it was in my dad's handwriting. And, and I'm like, I don't know why this wasn't opened. And he opened it and it was a Christmas card from my dad. And there was a $20 bill in there. And we all just burst into tears because it was like, it just brought it home that, oh my gosh, like we were, it was sort of happy tears, but also sad tears as well. Like he'll never be up what you didn't grieve. What was exactly released and let go or maybe, but also it was, it was like a gift from him from right now in a way too. So sometimes I'm still surprised. But you know, it's little things like that. Like I've talked about this on the show before, I believe, but I used to have this trunk, a literal trunk. I would drag with me every time I leased it up, I moved and (laughs) I dragged it and dragged it and dragged it. And finally, one year I sat outside a bonfire and I went through it and I took pictures of the stuff that mattered and then burned it, like released it to the world. But my favorite thing to find was that even at 10 years old, I was not cashing my great grandparents' checks for $5 for birthdays and Christmas. And so to find those checks in the cards and like, like you said, it's like a gift all over again and seeing them and it brings them back to life in a sense. And yeah, you um, didn't cash them then though, right? (laughs) I'd be impressed (laughs) if I could have. No, I took pictures of them and then I, I, they added to the fire. Um, But it was one of those things where um, even though, you know, as a kid, when they pass and I grieved them then, um, and I didn't feel a hole in my life because they were significantly older than me. Like I wasn't even, I I was seeing them, um, you know, maybe once a year, right. Mm -hmm. Like just a couple of times here, they're quick visits, didn't have a ton in common. They weren't huge features in my life, but it was like a little grief all over again. Like, oh, they didn't get to see my first apartment. They didn't get to see, they don't know I went and graduated from college. They'll never meet my future children, right? Like there's all sorts of new losses that I kind of have to come to terms with when I think about them. Yes. Now, whether this is considered magical thinking or not, I never go to that point because I always am like, of course they know that I did this. Of course they were there when this child graduated. Of course they saw this happen. Of course they're celebrating with me on this. Like, I don't know why. 
and, and I've been like that for a very long time through all my different iterations of belief systems. (laughs) But so when somebody says, oh, they didn't get to see me do this. I'm always like, yeah, they did. They were right there with you. (laughs) (laughs) I, in in terms of magical thinking, which that's uh, Joan Dyden, Didion, what's her name? Didion. Didion. Mm Um, wrote, wrote a book on that after a, a tremendous year of losing her, her husband and her daughter. Um, but I, I had that. So around, I want to say late middle school. So like 12, 13 ish, we had a lot of losses in our life. Boom, boom, boom. Um, and then again, just a couple years later when, or a few years later when I was 21 and the, the people who passed, uh, where I experienced them the most was my grandmother's trailer, which was still very 1970s decorated, but every room was kind of a theme, right? So her bedroom was very elaborate and all in white. The living room had green shade carpet. There was a kid room. And then there was a room all blue, blue shade carpet, blue curtains, blue, you know, uh, comforter, blue everything. So there were like these very, and depending on your age, um, in the family during different events that determined what room you got to hang out in, right? Like whether you were in the little kid room with the Barbies or whether you were in the blue room with the movies, right? And they were also known for having a TV and all the latest tech in every room and, and recording every movie on HBO. So like all these blank tapes, you could watch whatever movie you wanted, their own blockbuster. So when they passed, I would picture them in the trailer in heaven and they'd go to the kid room to watch the kids on that TV. They go to the blue room to watch the older girls on that TV. They in the living room, they could see this stuff. And so I just pictured like that, that environment that I knew them the best in, like that's now their heaven personality and how they would I love it so that. much. Right. And then I was also like the really personal intimate stuff. It's a fuzzy screen. They can't see that they're not there. Right. 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 I would want them to be, I want them to be seen, but like the, the trailer, even like when, when they sold the trailer just prior, when she, when my grandmother, prior to her death, she sold the trailer and moved into a townhome. Like I clearly, after she died, needed to grieve the loss of that family institution of where everything up until 20 years of my life took place. Right. Yes. Lost that space too. And so in that magical thinking, like after Mm -hmm. people pass, like it just kept growing and growing and encompassing the total loss. Right. Yeah. It's also that ended how we did Christmas Eve's as an extended family. Right. She was the Mm -hmm. matriarch. And now we have like three matriarchs competing and trying to establish their own traditions for their families. Right. Right. So it, sprung me into an adulthood in a way, but then that magical thinking, I got to stay a kid and stay involved yeah. with them in that, that way. Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up the whole idea of that place and grieving that place and what it meant because we had a place in, for my side of the family, it was the holiday house. Right. And it used to be my mom's, like it was my mom's. And then my sister took that house over and it was still the holiday house, like, and the kids would call it that. And then my sister ended up selling the house. And I remember my kids were like, she can't sell. That's the holiday house. It's like, well, no, she actually can sell the house. (laughs) It's okay. But, but I understood. It's not like I discounted their grief. It was like, absolutely. So many cool things happened there, but yes, there was a grief of that. When, after I left, um, 
uh, so when I first started working for the library, I worked in a um, community physical. library, a yep. physical library. I worked there for 15 years. Um, many of those years with this same people or many of the same people, the, ex- the 15 years, not only the same people that I worked with, but the same patrons. I saw, I saw patrons grow up right yeah. from babies to middle schoolers. Um, and so when you work in a small community library and the staff is small, you're out at the service desk a lot and you develop relationships with the patrons and all the kids who come in. So I then got a promotion and was going to be a supervisor, a co-supervisor at a very large library with many staff. And I got there and I started working and something was just off. And I didn't, it was like, I was sad and I didn't understand it until finally one day I was like, I'm grieving. I'm grieving not only the loss of the people I used to work with and my friends, I'm grieving the intimate patron interactions that I had and relationships, connections that I had to these patrons in this community. And prior Um, prior to leaving that, you were probably so focused on one, the excitement of getting something you worked hard for and applied for and interviewed yeah. for and, and, and received. And then that hustle and bustle of the transition of starting something new and giving stuff over yeah. that you didn't, you don't even take time. Like you say your goodbyes and then, you know, you think of like, oh, I'm going to miss you, but I'll still see you. But then once, once it calms down and that dust settles of the transition of a change, yeah. it can really hit you. So it I- was probably four months later that finally it was like, Oh, this is what's happening to me. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing and seeing a lot of that on TikTok of um, you know, students that didn't get graduation, students that didn't, didn't get prom. And I didn't have a whole lot of empathy at the time for high schoolers because I avoided those things. I, I didn't want to go, <laughs> right? My mom made me graduate and I skipped prom and I didn't feel a loss like they did, but they lost something they wanted. But mm-hmm. as I start to see um, you know, these these college students, the freshmen, their freshman year, their sophomore year, and now potentially going into their, their junior year of college, completely at home, asynchronousness online or bouncing back and forth. And yeah, what a loss of, of a complete chunk of their time, a certain experience you're supposed to have friendships you could have made just the whole learning experience. And just like so many people are had so many losses, like, are they even being allowed to grieve that? And what, what does that new normal look for them? Like, what is a senior year for them on campus going to be assuming in a year they get to go back full, you know, and it's normal. Right. Right. And do they even understand, like, do they know know that they're they're grieving? They're frustrated because schools are clearly making this up on the fly. And how can you have a continuity of operations plan for the entire world telling you to stay home? Right. Like nobody was ready for this. Very few people had any idea that, or, you know, believe Mm -hmm. this could happen. And so, you know, a lot of them are just angry, right. They're still having to pay it. They're confused. They don't know what's going on, but like, at what point does that grief come in and what happens if they don't allow themselves? Well, that's just recognize it. it as grief. Right. So if you don't allow or, or like you said, recognize it as grief. So if you don't acknowledge the grief and then allow yourself that 
that space to actually grieve. You can't just go, oh, I'm grieving and then tra-la-la, walk on with your day. I mean, yes, acknowledging it is one step, but you actually have to allow it then because otherwise, you know, I just feel like it can manifest in your life in many different ways where all of a sudden you're just like, uh, you snap right at work or something. And then all of a sudden you're, you don't have a job anymore because you've just like quit (laughs) and really you just needed to grieve. Yeah. Or addiction in any forms, whether it's electronic people, food, drugs, alcohol, like it's so many of those people are masking feelings and emotions that they just Mm -hmm. don't want to experience, whether, Mm -hmm. whether it's grief or not. But oftentimes it is right. Like, cause grief has so many emotions associated with it. It's not just feeling sad. Yeah. And sometimes even if we think we're grieving, we're allowing it, it becomes too much for us on our own. And then we do try to mask it with these different addictions. So right. For me recently, you know, I talked a few episodes back that I felt like I had this opportunity come up and it was meant for me. Um, and it was going to be a temporary thing, but it was going to be a, a big change. And I was excited about it. And then, um, this week it be, or the week of recording, it became apparent. It, it was most likely not going to happen. Right. There are just kind mm-hmm. of signs like it was just taking too long to hear back. And so I was preparing myself to grieve it. Right. And to be upset at the loss. And then when the loss was actually presented to me, I realized I had relief. Oh, and so when I looked at my week, I'd been pretty hard on myself all week because it was like, you were going to have a really quick transition time and you did nothing to prepare. You actually procrastinated and got further behind than you like, like you didn't even just do what you absolutely wanted to do for this week. And so when I looked at it, it was like, I was pre grieving a loss of leaving my team. I didn't realize that I was digging my heels and I didn't act. I wasn't ready to leave. Yes, I, you I've were. I lost, I love my boss. I like what I do. And this just yeah. like an opportunity to grab and get temporary experience and come back. And when I look back on the past two weeks of like preparing for it, I was like, you clearly didn't want that. Like I was, I was procrastinating because I wasn't allowing like any type of preparation. I would have had to deal with the grief of the loss of like, even though I was trying to be excited for the new, I wasn't allowing myself to be like, you're losing a great relationship with your boss. You're losing the opportunities and the work that you do now that you love. Like as soon as he started talking about temporarily replacing me is when I started to procrastinate and shut down. And I I was jealous. I was like, no, no, you're going to struggle without me and come to me for help. Exactly. (laughs) So So you were pre-grieving. I was pre-grieving and it wasn't until I, I lost what I thought I would grieve for that. I was like, oh, you need to hold on tighter to what you have, right? Like you like this a lot more than you think. Right. Um, or that yeah. I was aware of, I, you know, I definitely didn't, I didn't want to lose it or I didn't, it, my rational brain was telling me you're not losing it. You're just stepping away for a minute. Right. But like any transition like that changes, it changes the relationships I have. It changes the work I do. It changes what I could potentially come. I mean, nothing is guaranteed. Like a lot could happen in a year had I been gone. So yeah, it was really weird. I was I was getting ready to grieve a loss all week. And then I didn't even realize that I was avoiding grieving a loss. I didn't realize it was going to have if I got the good thing. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> 
No, it makes perfect sense. And I'm just glad that you could be like, oh, this is what was happening. Yeah. I was like, why? Like, cause I wasn't stressed about it either. So like part of me wants to be like, oh, intuitively you knew you weren't going to get it. So why stress out? No, no. Like I was like, Tracy, why aren't you rushing? Like, why aren't you doing more? Why aren't you making lists? Why aren't you updating your project management schedules and plans and like walking him through where we're at at things? And yeah. And to him, I was just like, I don't want to waste any energy till we know, man. And I was like, no, no, like do a little bit more self-awareness work. You don't want to leave. So interesting. I, I, I want to go back to something that you said about the trailer, because I love that, that you were thinking about your grandma, like being in this room and watching this age kids on the TV and then going to this room and seeing the younger kids on this TV and just sort of like having that picture in your head of basically what she would be doing in heaven at that time. Right. Really just only concerned, concerned with her granddaughters. Well, right. Right. (laughs) And that's, that makes sense. How old were you again? Um, when she passed, I was 21, but when all like my first instances with death with her husband and some, my uncle and everybody I associated with that house, I was 13. Okay. And then she was kind of like the capstone of it and had just sold her house prior to that. Yeah. And then I love it that even though she sold her house, like, no, she's in this place. Oh yeah. No, she's not in the townhouse. No. Yeah. So I did not have that, um, foresight for myself to do that. And so even though I felt, um, after my mom died, like I was pretty well, you know, it felt like, okay, this seems okay. But I had actually started, um, apparently I wasn't as okay as I thought I was (laughs) surprise (laughs) spoiler alert. You're okay with the idea of loss, but once she was taken, you were like, "Mm, no, Mm, not what I wanted. Well, and, and really what happens is after a while, you're like, oh, wait, this is permanent. And now I never get to do this thing. But so a, a, um, a spiritual mentor actually said this to me and it helped so much. And it just reminds me of what you said about the trailer, um, and your grandma and that he said, instead of remembering the past with them, think of what they are or could be doing now. So like, whether it's a loss of friendship and they're still alive and you're thinking they're probably having fun doing this thing, or if it's the loss, uh, you know, of a loved one, a death of someone, the minute he said that to me, I was like, I could, it was like 100%. I could see her at this point in time. Of course she was younger. She would be younger, you know, because I think she'd want to be younger and more able-bodied and just having fun and like laughing with her friends. Not, not her physical form. Yeah. Right. I did. Right. Exactly. Her spirit and her energy and having this glorious time right now. And it was like this weight lifted. And so I feel like, can you sort of hold that? Can you hold Maybe if you still have grief for this person, can you hold that grief and the actual belief in their present happiness? I don't know. I think the challenge with that comes in order to do that, you have to be at the acceptance stage of grief. And I think a lot of times when people die of 
old age or mm-hmm. you have like you shared you have the time to say your piece and they can say mm-hmm. their goodbyes and stuff mm-hmm. and it makes the acceptance easier um you know I definitely you know I I have a friend who passed really young and immediately you know just within months of having a baby and within a year or two of getting married and just whole life ahead of her Mm -hmm. and so you know a lot of people when she passed were so concerned with everybody she left behind as was I like Mm -hmm. huge loss in their life huge loss in my life and I mean I saw her maybe once a year um I continue to grieve what she lost that that future that she didn't have and Mm -hmm. so I like your idea of trying to picture her still having that instead of it still makes me sad, right? Like I've, right. I've come to terms. It's been a few years now since she's been gone. And um, I do, you know, there are different people, um, you know, we all have different symbols that we see that make us think of her, different memories mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And so that brings warmth to my heart or to think that she's still with people or watching people that way. But mm-hmm. then sometimes when it does hit me or like a certain anniversaries or stuff like that, I still just, it's such a huge loss for her, right? Like we all had a huge loss, but she lost all of us. And so Mm -hmm. I love your idea because that'll, I think that'll move me away from the anger piece of it or or, or the hurt piece of it. Because I've had some friends who have had miscarriages, right? A lot of people don't talk about those a lot or even, um, you know, like oftentimes they didn't even tell people they were pregnant yet. And so how do you tell people you then lost a child? Mm -hmm. And um, as you know, one of our our listeners, one of my friends had just a tremendous amount of loss this year. Some expected, some not, doesn't make it any Mm -hmm. easier. Um, But throughout, you know, throughout the experiences of loss that I've had of some really young people, um, just like I said, opportunities lost for them, for us, my, my new mantra became fuck loss. Um, it, it became allowing people to sit in the anger of it versus immediately going to, oh, they're in a better place, right? Like, oh, and in women. no way, yeah. in no way am I saying, no, no, oh, and I'm not them saying in this better place. No, because you have to, like you said, you have to be it. And that is absolutely, you should be, you should have all those feelings. But once it gets to a certain point, I think that then, to think of them as happy well, now I, I think could help thing, with acceptance. Yeah, that's the thing with grief, where if you don't want it to be showing up in known and unknown ways in your life, you have to push yourself through it. It has to be, it's it's about self-actualization and grief. It, it doesn't just happen to you magically one day you're okay with it. Um, it, it's a, it's a process and a journey and all the stages they talk about are true. And then probably 10 additional ones that aren't (laughs) in there. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, when it comes to people, I, I like that kind of imagery. I think the type of grief that's harder for me in life and that I see people not deal with or not deal with constructively or receive support on are those little losses um, of not getting the job you want, getting fired from a job, 
that's so hard. And especially the older you are and the, the less likely you, well, you are to be re-employed, right? Right. And then you've got the whole, not only do you have grief, but you have shame and yeah. neither one of those things are and things purpose. that you want to like, look at. Yeah. You're grieving right? the loss of your purpose. And yeah. Like, um, yeah. But then even some people too, um, you know, I, I grew up knowing a family that lost their house to a tornado and I can't even begin to empathize with what that feels like for any of them, for the parents, for the kids when they were kids, and Mm -hmm. then how that impacts how they relate to their material belongings in their home and storms today. Yeah. My mom lost a house to fire. So, and and that was uh, at a point, in fact, when she lost the house to fire, she was a public speaker. This was when she was um, 60 and very far along in her career as a public speaker, before computers. Mm. Okay. So before computers, before cell phones, everything was on what was called a Rolodex. So it was this round thing that she had on her desk. It had all these index cards that fit into this thing. And that's where all of her contacts were. So she literally lost her house and her business. Wow. She lost her business. And so the, the grieving process for her with that was immense. Did she build it back up again? Yes. But it took a lot for her to actually do that. And, and, and sorry, but you talking about the tornado, cause I hadn't thought I, I just had I mean, forgotten about that. Well, or even just, I know people who have lost wedding rings or jewelry that mean a lot to them or, mm. you know, something somebody passed down to them or a watch that has been in the family for generations. And then somehow it's either stolen or lost or gone. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I try not to assign any weight to any material belongings, uh, knock on wood. If this entire place were to collapse, I I'm of the mindset for me, based on the the boundaries I've implemented in my own brain from seeing other people's losses that, um, you know, it's, if, if it can be replaced with money, it's an inconvenience, not a loss, but I love my house and it's a goal of mine to shepherd it to a hundred years, right? Like it's, it's, it's almost there. I want to be the one that gets it to a hundred years, knock on wood. I just had to have a very adult conversation about homeowners insurance with my policy guy, where we had to talk about what would happen if, if it was a total loss, right? Which 3% of all insured people go through and like, what would I want to replace and how would I want to rebuild? And it made me sad. And I hadn't even lost anything yet. Right. Like I was like, wow, like your belongings in the house, but like the, the prospect of like the energy and what this represents. And it's the first home I have ever had. And like, he even asked, you know, like, is that your forever home? And I was like, well, I don't know. Right. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to like, stop future opportunities by coming in by being like, this is my home, but I'm also like, this is mine and it's going to last forever. And you're going to stop talking about things. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. God, that like getting into a hundred. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, and the one hand I want to make sure I'm prepared financially, but I realized I have to prepare myself mentally for someday moving. Right. Or even yeah. just the prospect of talked in the past. I have great neighbors on both sides of me and their neighbor relationships. We're not like best friends. We don't celebrate holidays together, but like, what if they move? Like what would, that would be change and that would be grief. And like, I could still stay in contact with them, but like grieving mm-hmm. whatever weird interactions or like what's become our neighborly thing, like yeah, lost to think. Yeah. About. And so it's, it's just, 
so many times you don't think a loss of something would cause you to grieve. And like now, as I kind of like assess what's in my life that I could lose, I'm like, oh God, there's a lot more than you thought. Like, right. and, and oh my gosh, there is. I, I, this actually just brought it up to me. I had forgotten about it. And this just brought it up to me again. Um, the, when I switched phones and we had to switch phone numbers and I wasn't prepared for this, I didn't realize it would happen. I lost all the texts that I had. And so all the texts from my kids, that was the main thing. Like they were just gone and there was no way to retrieve them. And that was really hard for a long time. And then all of a sudden it was like, it's okay now. Yeah. I have new texts now. (laughs) When my friend passed, it was a stage in my life where I never deleted a text message. And so I went through and I screen capped the conversations and just had like these little memories of, you know, we had a lot of interactions in like this three or four year period. And it was really nice to get to have that because I was somebody who, although I wasn't a huge part of her life, she had a big impact on mine. And so I was, I was feeling a loss, but also like weighing my loss to others. Right. Like I didn't grow up with her. I wasn't married to her. Right. But like, she's such, we do that. Yeah. We do that. Mm -hmm. And, um, getting to see those messages is like, no, I was a part of her life and I did matter. Um, and now I get to, I revisit that, you know, because, uh, we think like our memories that like they don't serve us for long. Right. And so that's where technology is great. Cause I can take pictures of things. I can back up photos. I can have backups of backups on different servers. Right. Like I have a little bit more security. Like I think like thinking of losing everything in my home, I have a complete inventory in Excel of my belongings. Like I can replace every book. I know every book I own, right? Like I don't have to be like, Oh God, like what, what, what of that losing things you didn't even realize you had or right. stuff like that. Um, but one other thing that, uh, before we shift to the universe, I think in, in, in addition to, you know, materials, uh, material goods, um, people, um, experiences, you know, we've talked about that time. I, I think one thing people don't talk about is the, the grieving, um, the stuff they didn't do, right? Like as we age, we, I, mm-hmm. I think we hear this in a prior one, you've just accepted you'll never surf, right? Like you're just, you're never going to be a surfer. Um, I'm okay with that. But you know what, you know, what does come up every once in a great while is the fact that at one point in my life, I thought I was going to be a ballerina. And while I did take ballet and I did take toe for a limited period of time, it was quite apparent that I was earthbound Hmm. and and a farm girl and not really a ballerina of ballerina stock. <laughs> and yeah. I did grieve that for a while. I'm okay with that now, but for a while there, it was like, well, who am I? If, if that's like, if I'm not tiny dancer, right. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things that you don't have to you don't have to do when you're young, right? Like you can have a college yeah, experience right. you can change jobs and stuff. But one thing that I've been grieving a lot lately is I will never have had that first love as a teenager, 
right? Like I didn't, okay. there's certain experiences I just mm -hmm. didn't have. And they were choices at the time, but like now looking back as like, I consider what type of relationship I want moving forward. Like I have to accept the fact I'll never be married for 75 years, right? Like some huge feats have to happen in the healthcare industry <laughs> in addition to my love life for that to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's certain things you kind of, you don't realize until it's gone, which is why like my routine episode and our dreams and goals episodes, it's about like making the most of the time you have and like mm -hmm. making choices so that you don't have to grieve losses later when you're like, oh, I didn't even realize that I lost that opportunity. Right. And right. sometimes that stuff is taken from us when, you know, I just look at my grandpa, he was a Marine. He was really physical. He got Parkinson's. And he had to grieve the loss of his fat mental faculties, his physical faculties much earlier in life than he should have had to. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then that approached how I look at my own health and how much time I have left a little differently too. Yeah. Um, and kind of pre-grieve a potential, again, I'm trying to I'm not saying I'm sick in grief, but like, just kind of think about as I make my choices in life, like these things could happen. And but being right. self-aware of them now and not being surprised with them later, I'm hoping I'll get through the grief faster, right? And get to that mm -hmm. piece that allows me on the next step of my, my journey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's important. I think that also it's okay if you don't get through your grief fast or fast yeah. enough, okay. right? Yeah, it is okay. Um, yeah. So, you know, I had a very hard time with the universe today for this episode. The universe and I argued several times, and well, we um, the cards for our last episode that I, which is so funny because I did. I do. It wasn't until we were going through it that I was like, "Wait, you got the Ten of Swords and Seven of Pentacles? That's what I got for grief." And then I went, "No, universe," and then. Um, my husband just said, you just need to walk away. You need to get up and walk away, which I did. And I came back and I got the chariot. So when I first saw this, I was like, no, that's not the right card either. But then I talked to myself and said, no, you have to accept this. And what can you find about this? So the chariot is basically... This person in a chariot with two sphinxes that are supposedly, you know, they are the, um, what is driving the chariot or the, the force behind the chariot. The, the chariot driver has no reins. So it's just his will that is making the, the sphinxes go where he wants them to go. Um, he is basically like, this is a pretty made, it is a major arc, arcana card. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to look it up. And what's, what's some things that, that this, they talk about with this card. And basically um, the first thing that popped out was choosing courage over fear. And something that I want people to remember is that the core word of courage, core means heart. So I think if you choose to be, to choose courage is also to be sort of wholehearted, right? Mm -hmm. Which you need to be in order to acknowledge and then allow grief, right? The, the driver 
is facing uncertainty in a way because here's these two sphinxes and there's no rains. And so anything could happen at any time, but he still is choosing where to go. So you can, there, you have some, a little tiny bit of control over this. Um, I love what it takes courage to grieve. It does take courage to grieve. It does. Um, My dad used to always say, be brave and love each other. And I just love that. Um, But also on this card, and I am not the person who saw this. I follow someone who does tarot. There's these epaulots. I don't know if you can see them. So it's the little shoulder pads. We'll call them shoulder pads. And if you look closely Um, Some people have said they're the phases of the moon. I don't see that. I see what this other person talks about. It's actually the drama masks. Mm -hmm. So it's comedy and tragedy. And basically that's life, right? So this is life. So instead of trying to avoid grieving or avoid any feelings, bad feelings around this, understand that life is this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. It is comedy and tragedy. And you do have to be courageous to feel the things that you're going to feel in your life. Um, what a great spin on that card. Cause I, I wasn't sure where grief was going to go. I, I picked a card myself and I got the three of swords, which is a little too on the nose for like being yeah. sad about. Yeah. About really three of swords is basically heartbreak. It's heartbreak. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, the chariot to me is also, it's about movement, right? You don't want to stay it stagnant is. in life. And I think if you're not allowing yourself to grieve, and especially if you're actively avoiding it, you're, you're, you're grounding, you're rooting yourself. Right. You right. And you're so if you life. are, yeah, if you are allowing yourself to grieve, you are moving through it. You, you might be moving back and forth, but you are moving through mm-hmm. it and it is a fact of life. Right. So oh, then this, I think, yeah, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to jump ahead. I was going to say this also kind of relates to what we're going to talk about next week. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's a perfect segue into (laughs) like what better topic of grief than to segue into harvesting, right? So um, next time the wheel of the year is turning, we know this and just like life and comedy and tragedy, the wheel of the year turns. And what's happening now is that days are getting a little bit shorter, nights are getting a little bit longer, and there is actually going to be a time of balance where it's the day and night are the same amount of time. So it's a time of reflection, of balance, and um, it's we're going to be talking all about Maybon, and also it's fall, y'all, so (laughs) that's going to be fun. Well, this episode spoke to your soul. Please share it with a friend. And if you have time, give us some love on your preferred platform with a rate, review, and subscribe. You can also reach out to us via Instagram and YouTube under The Brightly Podcast or via email at brightlypodcast at gmail.com. And we hope even if you are in the middle of grieving something, that you still have a bright and beautiful day. Bye.